chapter number one, and I'm going to bring this right here uh, so I can be down close to all the kiddos. And if you are sitting with your mom and dad and you want to come down front and sit with the rest of the kids, you can do that uh, during this time right now and uh, be up close if you want to. I will need some help tonight uh, from a couple of our kids and uh, get their help in just a minute. Let me just highlight the fact, uh, Brother Andrews, some of you guys may be new to the church and don't know uh, Andrew Campbell. Andrew interned with us this past summer and uh, did a great job and uh, glad that he is back uh, for Christmas break and beyond. We'll see what happens. And so, but I appreciate Andrew and his willingness to serve and uh, the Lord's bless him in an awesome way. And it's exciting to see uh, his willingness to be here tonight and also to serve Jesus. Uh, as a younger guy, and we've got a lot of our younger kids here tonight, and so we're going to talk about uh, somebody in the Bible that uh, was in that same boat who was willing to be used, Luke chapter number 1. Now, here's what we normally do. Remember when we have our family service, we did that over the summer, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, what that looks like for next year. But remember, when we talk about our family service, uh, we get the kids involved. All of us are engaged together, so moms, dads, grown-ups, uh, grandmas, grandpas, we're going to be just as engaged as our kids are going to be engaged, Right? All right, so we're ready to be engaged. Okay, so we have three different groups or two individuals really in the story, and then we've got a group of people. So by and large, we've got uh, I need a guy and a girl to play uh, parts. Levi, are you going to play the guy tonight? Is that all right? Okay, you can sit back down. You don't. I'll let you know when we're ready. Uh, oh, gracious, gracious, gracious. All right, uh, Genevieve. All right, uh, we'll let you play the girl tonight, okay? Uh, so here's what I need you to do. Genevieve, I'm going to let you get ready first because it'll take you just a little bit longer. You can do it right where you sit. Uh, but Levi, you can slip this over your head, okay? You can go ahead and do that. And this has a nice little thing that goes over your head, and this is a bonnet you can wear, okay? All right, so uh, that'll get us ready to go for the right moment. Now, uh, let me just kind of explain. Kennedy will help you. Uh, Genevieve, you get to play Elizabeth's part. Flip it the other way. The other way. All right, Zach, you can help there, okay? All right. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, let me remind you guys, kids, there is a... Uh, prize on the way out. You should have got a handout sheet tonight. On one side, and this is for all of us, moms, dads, uh, grown-ups, uh, there's a handout sheet. On one side is the notes from the message, and then on the other side is a coloring sheet. And moms, dads, if you color the sheet, you can get a prize too. Uh, but it's just trying to teach our children the importance of taking notes, even at an early age, uh, to start that process of being ready uh, being ready to uh, take notes when someone gets up and shares the Word of God uh, to be ready. Okay? So, uh, we've got Elizabeth is right here. Look beautiful. All right, stand up. Let everybody see. All right, this is Elizabeth. So, who is this? Who is this? This is Genevieve. Right? This is Genevieve. She's playing the part of Elizabeth. All right, so let's try this again. Who is this? This is Genevieve. What part is she playing in tonight's story? She's Elizabeth in the story. Okay, you can sit down, Elizabeth. All right, and come on up here, Levi. This is Levi, all right? Levi tonight is playing the part of Zacharias, all right? We'll get you all squared away here, Zacharias. Ready to go, okay? All right, you ready to go? So who is this? Zacharias. 
This is Levi, okay? What part is he playing in the story? Zacharias. Okay, Zacharias, you can sit down. All right, we are going to be the family and friends. Everybody else, you're a part of the family and friends group. And uh, don't even have to sign up for cell service. You're a part of the family and friends group. And our part, we have two parts, okay? Family and friends, we get to say, yay! So let's try it together. Yay! Hey, there we go. All right, let's try it again. Everybody says, yay! Yay! All right? Now, the other part that we're going to play when we get to that time in the story is we're going to ask the question. We're going to say, what's his name? All right, so let's practice. Ready? What's his name? Again? Okay, all right, so our first thing, family and friends, we're going to say is? Yay. All right, here we go. Let's try it again. First thing we're going to say is? Yay. yay. All right, and the second thing we're going to say is? three. His name. All right. Elizabeth, you're going to stand up, and you're going to say, no way. No way. Good job. All right, sit back down. Okay, all right, now, Levi, you get a good part. All right, ready? All right. You are wearing a name badge, all right? So you're going to stand up. You're going to spin, spin this badge around right here. You're going to hold it up like this, okay? You're going to hold it up like this, and you're just going to open your mouth and pretend you're making noises with your mouth, okay? Because that's all you can do because Zacharias can't talk in the story, okay? Sounds good. So you can sit down, all right? Mom, Dad, you're welcome. You're welcome. Just, just tell them to be like Zacharias or something. Okay, let's read a couple verses. Luke chapter number 1, verse number 57 Verse number 57, the Bible says, Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. Bonus points to anybody who knows what her son's name is before we even read it. What's her son's name, Nate? John. John. There you go. All right. And it says in verse 58, And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. What did the crowd say? Yay. Yay. All right. Uh, verse 59, and it came to pass on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child. They called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother had answered and said, no way. no way. All right, not so, but he shall be called John. And they said, there is none of thy kindred that's called by this name. They made signs to his fathers. And what did they ask? Group, what's his name? What's his name? And his mouth, uh, look at verse uh, number 63, and they asked for a writing table and wrote and said, his name is John because, stand up, Levi, spin around, because you could not talk. All right, good job. All right, you can sit back down, okay? All right, verse number 63, he wrote on a writing table and wrote saying, his name is John, and they marveled all, and his mouth was open immediately and his tongue loosed, and he spake and praised God, okay? So let me give you three thoughts uh, from this passage of Scripture really quickly. And guys, you can write them down, all right, on your note sheet. Number one, write down number one, the couple, the couple. When we look at this couple and we're introduced to them in the first few verses of Luke chapter number one, verse five through seven, we find that they are both old. What are they? They're both what? Old. old. It doesn't say that they're older, church. It says they're both old. Old, all right? It is what the Bible says, all right? They're both old. And it says in verse number five, uh, this woman's name is Elizabeth. And it says uh, in earlier, it says a certain priest named Zacharias, his wife Elizabeth, verse six. And they were both righteous before God. This is a very godly couple. 
This is a family that is righteous. They are serving the Lord. He's a priest. He's a preacher. She is serving faithfully in the church. They're doing all the right things. But there is one main obstacle, one main problem with their family unit. They do not have children. And you think about this culture, that was a big deal. That was a big deal for this couple. And as they're getting older and now they're old, they're not able to have kids. If you follow Luke chapter 1, you find that an angel appears to Zacharias. An angel appears to Elizabeth. Let them know that they are going to have a son. Their prayers have been heard. And they are going to now have a child. Zacharias responds at this point in his life the same way that we would respond. That ain't going to happen. And Elizabeth would say, no way. way. All right, it's not going to happen. But as the story goes, because of him not believing, the angel says, you know what, Zacharias? Because you don't believe, you're not going to be able to speak. You're going to look like this guy. Just move your mouth open, open down, okay? All right, good job. All right, so you're doing a great job. So he said, because you don't believe, you're not going to be able to speak. And can you imagine not being able to share the story? Can you imagine coming to church on Sunday and hearing this great story and then all of a sudden go home and you can't speak? You can't talk? You can't share the message? You can't share that news? All of a sudden, Zacharias, who was faithfully ministering to other people, he can't communicate. He has to write everything down and has to make sure that people understand. But what didn't make sense to them, why in the world, as an older couple, why would we be having children? What didn't make sense to them made perfect sense to God. And in our lives today, as we go throughout our jobs, our lives, our careers, our home, our marriage, our families, there are many things that happen to us that don't make sense. But they make total sense to God. Because it is His plan that we're living out, that we're carrying out, not our own. It's His will that we're living in, not our own. We just have to ask ourselves if I'm going to trust God. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. One of my favorite quotes from C.H. Spurgeon is this quote. It says, We cannot always trace God's hand, but we can always trust God's heart. You might not know what God's doing, but you can always trust that he is working And what he's doing behind the scenes is for our good and his glory. The time finally comes for her to have a son, even though she said, no way. way. Yes way. It happened. She has a child. And it says in verse number 57 that that time came and she brought forth a son. It was a miracle that this old woman is having a baby. But this was something that only God can do. And that's what makes the story even so much more incredible is the fact that he does things that we can't do. And it's the same thing today, isn't it, church? He does things that only he can do that we can't do. Things that we can't manufacture. Things that we can't come up with. He can do the impossible. But the question is tonight, do we believe that he can do the impossible? Do we believe it? Remember when the angel came, Gabriel came to Mary in Luke chapter number 2? We'll be in that passage this upcoming Sunday. Remember the angel said, this is what's going to happen. She said, that's not possible. And he said, with God nothing shall be impossible. And she said, behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Whatever you said, if that's what God wants to do, I'm willing to do that. And that's the same question for us. 
If God is willing to work in your life, are you willing for him to work in your life? Are you okay with him working in your life? So the first thing, we see the couple. But then number two, we see the crowd that is mentioned. Look at verse number 59. All right, what's our crowd? They're there and they said what? Yay. Yay. All right, they're excited. This is awesome. Hey, this couple, this old couple now has a baby. So uh, it's not us as an old couple having a baby. It's somebody else's old couple. So we should obviously say, yay, there you go. That's right. Uh, yay, this is great. And in our world today, you would name the baby before you leave the hospital. Uh, when Kennedy was born, they said, hey, what's the name? And we were coming up to the last day we were supposed to be there. And we said, well, you know, we're still talking about it. And the nurse looked at us very seriously. And she said, you're not leaving this hospital without giving us a name. And so in our culture today, you got to have a name. But this was kind of different in their culture. You didn't have to name the baby at birth. You didn't have to name the baby within that first day or two. They would dedicate their baby to the Lord, and they would announce the name at that time. And it would, because it was a firstborn son, it would be natural to assume, hey, that's going to carry on the family name. It's going to be Zacharias Jr., uh, they're going to call him Junior for short and all these different things. But how many think about if you're the firstborn, I am the firstborn son in my family. How many of you guys are firstborn? You're the oldest in your family. Is that you? All right. Alethea, that's where you raise your hand because I know that you're the oldest, okay? All right. So uh, if you're the oldest, okay? So if you're a boy, how many of you guys, how many of you are the firstborn male? Let's just see. Anybody firstborn male in our group? All right. Several guys. All right, some of you may already carry on that family name, or you're named after your dad or your grandpa or something like that. This was normal in their culture. And the crowd all believed that it's going to be Zacharias. That's his name. That's, that's what we're going to call him. But then there was a major plot twist. If you were watching the movie, this would be the dun-dun-dun, you know, point of the movie. And Elizabeth said, no way. no way, that's not going to be his name. His name's not going to be Zacharias and said, he shall be, verse 60, he shall be called John. And this was so perplexing that the people said, well, your grandpa, your uncle, your aunt, your uh, cousin, your, your mom, dad, there's nobody there in your family named John. Why are we calling him John? They don't understand. People started wondering. There was a couple reasons that they said we have to name him John. The first one was that's what the angel said. Remember in, uh, in verse number 13 of this chapter, the angel says, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayers heard, thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. But think about what the Bible says. In Mark chapter number 1, in verse number 6, it tells us, And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins, and he ate locusts and wild honey. This is not just some normal kid. This guy is weird, weird, okay? Uh, he's going to eat bugs. That sounds pretty weird to me. Uh, chocolate on them or no chocolate on them, I don't want to eat one, okay? Uh, but he's weird. But they knew what the angel said, Luke chapter 1, verse 15, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. They didn't want to do anything that would mess up what God's plan was for his life. And how many of us know as we get older that there are decisions that we can make in our day-to-day -day lives that can attempt to disrupt what God is trying to do in our life? When God is leading us in a certain direction and we fight it and we say, no, we're not heading in that direction, and we disrupt God's plan for our life, 
Maybe it's things that we're doing even right now, today, that you and I know would not be what God would desire for our life. We need to come back into submission to his plan and his will. We see that J.D. Greer said, we don't serve to convert, we serve because we are converted. I'm not serving so that I can become something, I'm serving because he's already made me something. He's already put a desire in my heart, he's already changed my life, and I'm serving out of that. You think about an empty glass. If you said, man, I sure am thirsty, I'm going to go and I'm going to go get me a glass of water. Now, would you guys go out in the yard to that glass that's been out in the yard for months since the summertime, since that last cookout, that's got stuff growing in it now, that's got bugs crawling out of it? Would you go and get that glass and run inside and stick it in the refrigerator door and under the sink and get you a big old gulp of that water and there's stuff floating in it? Would you drink out of that glass? No. Why not? Because it's dirty. But we would go to the cabinet or right out of the dishwasher or right off the counter where that wash that glass has just been cleaned and we would get that clean glass and we would drink out of that glass because we know it's what it's clean we know that and God is the exact same way God uses people who are clean and who are trying to stay clean that's who God uses he desires to use us so when we see in our story there's a couple all right you've got Elizabeth who said what no way. There you go. And you got Zacharias who can't say much. Okay. All right. Uh, but you got the crowd that's all excited and they say, all right. And then they start asking that question. What they ask? What's his name? And that's where we get to our last point. We see the change that's mentioned. The change. Look at verse 62. And they, the crowd, that's us, made signs to his father how we, he would have him called. This is Zacharias' moment of truth, all right? Elizabeth's already done her part. She said, hey, I I know his name's John. It's not going to be Zacharias. No way. It's going to be John. They start asking the questions. They ask Zacharias, what's his name? They get to that point, verse 63, and he asked for a writing table and wrote, saying, his name is John. Not he's going to be John. It is John. That's what we're going to call him. And think about the fact Zacharias had no guarantee that he would ever get to say his name out loud. Think about that. He had no guarantee. All he had was the promise of an angel. Hey, you're going to be mute until the day of his birth. But he had no guarantee on that. So all of a sudden, he said, his name is John, verse 64. And his mouth was opened immediately and his tongue loosed. And he spake and praised God. He said everything that he needed to say, writing it down, and said his name is John. Now, here's the question for us today. Why was it so important that they did exactly what the angel said, that exactly what God said? Look at Matthew chapter number 1 in verse 21. The Bible says, and she, this is talking about Mary, shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. We know that the name Jesus means something. We'll sing a song this coming Sunday. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. We'll sing that this coming Sunday. But we know that there's power and authority in his name. But what about the name John? John. 
What is the name John? What does that mean? The name John means God is a gracious giver. God is a gracious giver. This is a gracious gift for this old couple to receive. A gracious gift. But when we think about Christmas, we've been given a gracious gift. Remember John 1 verse 14? says, and the word was made flesh. Now we know that that's talking about Jesus. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. It's not talking about the Bible. The word was made flesh, dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. Here it is. Full of grace and truth. God gave us a gift of grace. Just like he is a gracious giver and gave Zacharias and Elizabeth a son. And they said, we're going to name him John because it speaks back to the fact that God is a gracious giver. You say, preacher, how does that apply to me today? Because we've been given a gracious gift, we are supposed to, in grace, share that gift with other people. That is our part of the Christmas story. Our part of the Christmas story is to share God's gift of grace with other people. What better time to do that than this time, than Christmas, when the light is shining the brightest, when people are a little bit more open to the truth of the gospel, when people are just a little bit more friendly and a little bit more receptive, a little bit more open and you have availability and opportunity to share that gracious gift with other people. That is our job, church, and let's do it well this Christmas season. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the gracious gift of Jesus that you have given to us and entrusted us with the gospel message. Lord, I ask that you please bless our time together tonight. Lord, please help us to be faithful to share what you've shared with us, with other people around us this Christmas season. We love you, and thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have our prayer time at this time.